What could you truly become capable of if you were living in greater resonance and synchronicity with your essence? If you were able to be aligning with your divine every day and creating from that energy, are you ready to explore and activate that? Let's get started aligning divine. Now, here's your host, Soul and Body Coach, Keisha Clark. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around this great, big, amazing, magical, delicious, and delightful world. I am so grateful you're showing up for this week's episode of Aligning Divine. We have a special conversation coming up for you today, and I just want to welcome you if it's your first time landing on our spot. Thank you for showing up again, and if it's not your first time, oh my gosh, thank you for coming back to play, and I am so excited that you can find us really wherever you want to find us around the world, because we are on our home network, which is the Inspired Choices Network, and uh, we are all around the world streaming live through so many different podcast platforms, whether you're catching us during the live show or um, as a podcast, <laughs> the podcast version of the show. Um, it's amazing to get to do this. So I thank you for showing up wherever, whenever, and however you're showing up because you are a part of these conversations for which I am excited and so appreciating and so grateful that you're coming to play. So please know you are a contribution. No matter how you're, you're, you're showing up and playing with us, your energy contributes to these conversations. So if you have a question, you can ask them um, in the ethers or out loud, and you can always join us live if you're able to during a live show. If not, you can send questions in anytime, uh, really whenever, you know, <laughs> between shows, <laughs> I guess I could say. Um, the email to do that, to send your information to, is on this podcast page. Just scroll down and click. You can also find out more about me on my website or on my host page, and you can just scroll down and click for either one of those, because I want to jump into today's conversation because it is, oh my goodness, so juicy. Not only is it a, a topic that we're going to be playing with as a part of our Resolve to Evolve series because we are exploring all of the things having to do with how to play with this unfolding on our journey or unfolding into our journey as we go. And I get to have the delight and pleasure and, and joyful experience of a dear friend of mine, one of my favorite sister goddesses that I get to play with. And so her name is Cheryl Andrea. Cheryl, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, Keisha, thank you. Thank you so very much for having You're me. So Hi. You know, I am so excited because this is something we've actually talked about on numerous occasions, yeah. joining together and <laughs> having a live conversation. And so it's really delicious to get to do this with you. Thank you for having me. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Well, I'm going to fill people in on what we're talking about because we know what we're talking about. And it just occurred to me, I hadn't really set our topic yet. Our actual topic today <laughs> is becoming seers of souls. The seers, S-E-E-R-S of souls. And so really, have you met people who can truly see you? And does that make you uncomfortable or does it make you feel really grateful or maybe something else altogether? And are you someone who can see others, actually see them, see their essence, see their soul? And if so, does it ever seem like a blessing and a curse? 
do you maybe wonder how to get more of that blessing part with your ability? You have actually come to a fantastic conversation for that. (laughs) So I get to have the pleasure and privilege of sharing my friend Cheryl with you. She is a seer of souls, amongst many other things, an intuitive visionary, an evolutionary guide, and a very proud mother of two amazing creators. Uh, She began her adventures on this planet Earth playground, for this go-around anyway, in Kodiak, Alaska, and she has had an amazing uh, event or or collection of events over the course of interesting places and uh, serendipitous encounters. She settled in the Dallas, Texas area where she has been raising her children and creating a life she loves. So if you know nothing about Cheryl, um, you're going to love getting to play with her today. You can find out a lot more about her on her website, CherylN.com. And um, Cheryl is one of the the people who I get to like have the juiciest conversations with. So let's dive in. <laughs> Do you want to add anything Aww. to that, Cheryl? <laughs> Only my deep appreciation. That was a beautiful, oh. Um, oh, beautiful thanks, info, love. and I appreciate that, Keisha. Thank you. It's truly uh, life has been delicious to me. The only thing I would say to add to the intro is really that I'm excited about every day when I wake up because. I know that in the course of a day, I get to connect with others having this same sort of magical journey. And how can I contribute when I do connect with those? So for me, this hour that we get to spend together and the connection that we have, (laughs) it's really another joy in the day sort of collection of those experiences. So thank you. And that's all I would add to it is just that. It really is a beautiful experience to be able to live every day with a with an awareness, and I think that's what you and I really yes. appreciate having oh a conversation about. Absolutely! Oh my goodness! And so, let's kind of we'll we'll do a little bit of background as we bring this conversation sure. into full swing. So, you are uh, you, one of the the ways you play in this world is a, what we call in conventional languaging as a clairvoyant, a medium, a visionary, an intuitive, a psychic. Um, what was it like? Like, because I know I know you, but not everybody right. <laughs> gets to know you like I do. So, what what would you say in your words? Like, what was it like being born? bringing these capacities with you this time around uh, in the way that you're doing it. Um, what what was early life like for you? Because I know you're very aware, and you and I have talked mm-hmm. about how we recognize things at a really, you know, chronologically early point. Um, so right. share, I would like for you to just share a little bit about that. Yeah, so thank you. It was a... So I, I say it this way today in my present time. Mm-hmm. I say I don't turn this on and off. I don't decide consciously mm-hmm. to say, okay, now I'm going to read for someone or, okay, now <laughs> I'm going to check in and, with my guides and ask, should I do this or should I not? I I just live intuitively. And I think that as a child, yeah. that flow that is organic as children because we don't yet know about this world and we're so curious and we're so naturally intuitive, I was in an environment Mm -hmm. where I didn't have a lot of obstruction to that natural organic process. And my parents cultivated it because they were curious and they weren't overly spiritual and they weren't religious. 
So they were just sort of in the middle of it all, and they really didn't make any big deal about any of it. But they also didn't tell me that I couldn't see those things or feel those things or know those things. They didn't shut me down. But at the same time, I was so vastly different in my peer group Mm -hmm. when I was in school that I didn't really know how to be anything other than the counselor or the therapist or the mom in the group of my peers. Mm -hmm. Because the intuition told me information about them. The intuition gave me that feedback that someone was in pain and needed a friend. Or that intuition, as a child, said, you're uncomfortable and something isn't right in this environment. And so my intuition was always giving me that data as a child. And I didn't know what to do with it because there was no one around me that could really explain that's what was happening. So it really became a a, a kind of a a trial by error as a child to – and then that's yeah. where we learn coping mechanisms. And mm-hmm. and you start learning what not to say to certain people and what not to talk about. And you start learning all of those other coping mechanisms. And I think we have to unlayer those. So I've gone through the childhood where I was very intuitive to the space where I was really uncomfortable because of the feedback of the world around me to a place now where I'm very comfortable with who I am and I'm fully out of the closet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yay for that. Right? <laughs> so this is who I am. And I love it. of approach that I think yeah. now allows me to be very connected intuitively and to trust and to manifest it at a speed that I couldn't formerly manifest at because we're mm-hmm. only what we're talking about is being aligned, right? And mm-hmm. that's the intuitive. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, and think, one of the things I really appreciate uh, in getting to just experience the joy of you is that you are so willing to just allow people to have whatever thought, opinion, point of view about you that they have. And you've gotten to a place where you don't, you don't like, it's not darts and slings and arrows at you anymore. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, was, what was that like for you? Ooh, that's a really good question, Keisha. I love the way you just <laughs> owned in on that. Um, because that has been the – so that's sort of a byproduct, you know, of mm-hmm. what we were just talking about, right? So we have, yeah. we have this sort of – people don't know what to do with you when you're different, and they can't, mm-hmm. they can't label you in a classification for their own understanding. And so – when I'm unclassifiable and I'm different and they don't know what to do with it, they're curious about it, they're drawn to that, they want to know more, but they don't really know what to do with it because it also stimulates their own personal growth. So now I'm standing there and I'm reflecting back something of a higher truth. They have an option. They can choose to be that higher form of themselves because we just collaborated completely subconsciously. Or Mm -hmm. they can defend themselves or get offended or come back with some form of resistance to what that truth was just offered as. And so I think that it's that process that has been the most difficult for me because people misunderstand what is occurring in their own experience. And so then it's projected onto us because they think Mm -hmm. I'm the source of that. Right. And so that's the discomfort for me is being misunderstood as to my intentions because it's of a different level of intention. It's a loving intention that isn't being a response to something I don't like. It's just my choice to be that. 
And they don't know what to do with that because we are all so reactionary to our environments and to people. And we're all just scrambling, trying to find our needs to be met. So when we're reading each other's languaging, you know, the seer of the soul concept where we're really (laughs) perceiving each other and reading each other's languaging, what you and I are able to do and what we attempt to inspire others to do is to get comfortable with their own intuition so that Mm -hmm. when they're reading their environment and the people they're having exchanges with, when they're having those experiences, they can be more accurate in their interpretation and understanding of that experience. Because if they misinterpret it, it gets projected onto the other people and to the environmental factors. And that's not really what has happened. What has really happened is I, the person experiencing the resistance, have been resisting something that just got triggered. It has nothing to do with my environment. Right? (laughs) And we really do learn reaction rather than responding. Like that's that's an interesting piece to go through as well is Mm -hmm. most of what is learned is to react. Like we actually know how to respond, but we don't develop that skill. So, yes, I totally, like you and I, we've had many conversations about our processes of shifting from the reaction to the responding and living from that place of being able to respond rather than go into our reaction. And when we we are playing with this topic of, you know, being a seer, um, which let me just say for everybody who might be going, well, how come I can't do that? Or what makes you think that's so special? (laughs) It's like everyone's seer, right? Let's just call it like it is. Everyone has this ability. And some of us choose to really hone into that because that's part of what we came here to do and be and how we came here to play. Other people, that wasn't one of your top 10 items on your list this time, right? So, right. And when we're being that seer, when we're really willing to to be that energy of that seer, um, it gets a little intense because I, I and I'm, I'll let you say for yourself, but I can say for me, like it brings up some people's stuff. <laughs> like it really, uh-huh. it triggers some stuff because when you stand in the presence of someone and you're willing to just see them, all of their, you know, what they might call the flaws and the disappointments and the whatevers, along with all the amazing things we're not actually standing there taking inventory. Well, that's a crappy thing and that's a flaw and there's a inconsistency. We're like just willing to see it. And that's part of this being mm-hmm. a seer that I think has not been really talked about in the conversation. It's it's we're we're not seeing your horrible things. <laughs> that's not we're not reporting back yeah. to some agency, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. But you know that's an interesting way of putting it, Keisha, because what I find is that my parents, first of all, gave me a great model because mm-hmm. they loved openly. Like everybody yeah. else around us in the family context, extended family, friends, you know, we were a small yeah. community. We were dependent on each other. You had to collaborate. So what they showed was express love without conditions. They yeah. didn't ask people to be certain things for them to feel a certain something. And that was a fantastic role model that they did for me. And then what we've done, my sister and I have talked about this openly as the next generation from our parents, we have taken that love and we call it the expanded version of love. And what we mean by that when we use that expression is that we are willing to be present with another soul and open our minds to seeing 
what the soul is choosing to share into the world, not what our perception might be of what we're looking Mm -hmm. at. And that's a different approach because you're really saying, hey, I don't know anything about you. I'm willing to just get to know an experience of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really a a super valuable piece that it – it doesn't I don't know that it gets overlooked, but I I don't see a lot of attention being brought to it is really there is a difference like we we use this as a separation thing. There's a difference between yet okay, so let me back up a little. So yes, there is a difference between that soul essence and how we're choosing to express here yes. in the physical form. And, I mean, some of it for obvious reasons, like, yes, we're hosted by these amazing bodies, so there's there's a physicality aspect of us. And, you know, what what I love to play with, which is part of why Aligning Divine is the name of the show, is is we are tapping into the essence of us. And, and part of what I personally am excited that we can do here is we can actually live it every day. Like we can bring that energy mm-hmm. into our everyday lives. But there's not a great deal of the um, uh, the 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 development of that. The the what is that word? The the fostering and the enhancing and the curation. The, mm-hmm. And the cur- yes, yes. It's like, and this is where I see. I I totally get how you and I and many of us who are choosing to play on this beautiful planet right now this is something we have brought with us is that really deep inherent earnest desire to to let that become more of the norm of our of how we express here in this three-dimensional world so part of this seeing you know as a seer we are choosing to be aware of that essence of someone mm-hmm. and how they're expressing, and that can be a little tricky to navigate, as you and I have talked about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, what I'd love to do is maybe go there after we have a, our first break, and really, you know, because this is a place we get into that we can really get tripped up. Um, yeah. And you know that expression when somebody shows you who they truly are, believe them. That's that's a big mm-hmm. thing. And I feel like there's some nuances there that we could play with as well to share with people um, because we are talking about, you know, our evolutionary journeys and processes. Um, so that's that's something I'd love to, like, where can we tap into an even greater invitation um, in this conversation and moving forward? So um, so hang around with us, everybody, uh, if you would like. <laughs> if this is a conversation that blows your hair back, um, we're we're getting we're just getting started. So um, you are listening to Aligning Divine here on the Inspired Choices Network and all around the world. I'm here today with the lovely and amazing and magical Cheryl Andrea as my guest as we talk about and explore becoming seers of souls. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Within each of us. There is a spark of the essence that gives rise to all that is in the universe. Are you ready to let it light up your life? Tune in to Aligning Divine Radio Show with Soul and Body Coach Keisha Clark for fresh perspectives and powerful tools to be aligning with your divine essence and living it every day. Join us for Aligning Divine Radio Show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 
12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Aligning Divine Radio Show with Soul and Body Coach Keisha Clark. To bring your question on the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also email your questions or comments to Keisha at KeishaClark.live. Now back to the show. Welcome back and forward to the next segment of Aligning Divine. I'm still Keisha Clark, and I'm still here with the amazing Cheryl Andrea. We are playing with the topic today, Becoming Seers of Souls as a part of our Resolve to Evolve series. Um, Because you know what? We are kind of here to do this evolution thing. However we want to do it and play with it and choose it, um, it's ours to choose. And it's really, if you look at the energy or the etymology of the word, uh, the essence of the word <laughs> evolve, it's really about unfolding. So uh, how can we unfold into this even more? Welcome back and forward, Cheryl. <laughs> um, uh, you know, yay! I love that. That root meaning, I did not know. Mm. Um, Isn't that cool? The word evolve. And what I yeah. love about that, just as a side note, is that it's a spiraling you get the yes. impression of a spiral when you hear it that way. Yes. And yes. since that really, I really connect with spirals being energy sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, those spirals are really special uh, symbols. So I just point that out because that word that has that energy yep. around it. Yeah, yeah. It so delightful. Yeah. Oh, gosh, <laughs> Keisha, before we went to break and you brought up what we wanted to come back and talk about, I started thinking yes. about that on break. Um you know, all these layers, can I just say this? All these layers I think, that we put on top of ourselves by all of these, mm-hmm. you know, we were speaking of conditions before the break. You learn to love mm-hmm. openly when you let go of conditions and preferences and expectations and attachments to outcome. And if you just <laughs> allow yourself to be present in this moment and you let all those things fall away, then you really are present mm-hmm. and you can see the person as a seer, mm-hmm. you know, seer mm-hmm. of the soul. Truly. I think that's the nut of it all, if you want to, you know, the real root of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it doesn't have to be difficult. (laughs) Well, just like I said to you at one point earlier about, mm -hmm. you know, just sort of showing up with a curiosity, childlike curiosity, Mm -hmm. and a willingness Mm -hmm. to not have any kind of preconceived idea about your experience. Experience that you're about to have, 
I think that those two things are so critical in honing this muscle that we're speaking of, where you can really Mm -hmm. connect and see the person. Because as we were talking a moment ago about how Let's they, go there, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that resistance energy that we all struggle with when we start, you know, having these preferences and expectations and things about how we're going to interact with each other, right? Isn't that what we're talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. And there's that, you know, the, the people part, for lack of a better word. I, I, so for, let me preface this. I... I can say the word human part, and when I use the word human, I have a very different perspective on experiencing humans, and I I see mm-hmm. it as a, a sort of an open field of possibilities. I don't see human as a limitation or a lesser than, so I'm just conscientiously doing word placement here. As I say, what I'm about to say is we get into the very person or personality part, and and mm-hmm. from there, we we are typically functioning from that collection of conditional um, operating system, if you will, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where we're we're trying to show or demonstrate. At least I can say I've totally done this. That's where I get into trying to demonstrate, right. like what I know, and you know, essentially like something to prove my value, right? And and yes. I lose, like, I get all out of whack. I get wonky because I'm not tapped into, oh, this is just my soul. I Look, I, I don't have to yeah. identify any part of me. So so I know you've had some interesting experiences with that because I know that for you that fear of, is like a huge, really front row archetypal energy you bring. And you've had some challenges yes. with, finding like how to let that really work for you. So do you mind sharing some of that with the people? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all because that that is a really critical part of the journey, I think, for us mm-hmm. as we migrate. Um, because and, and let me just say it this way. Let me preface something here. I, it is my personal belief and experience that as we come into this world, it's sort of like if you and I were to jump into a spacecraft and go out to Mars and we land mm-hmm. on Mars and we have to learn a new way of doing everything, but we have a consciousness and we are fully aware we're learning mm-hmm. new things. But but the mm-hmm. Martians and the world of Mars doesn't know that about us, right? Right. We are having conscious awareness of our new experience on Mars. Well, to me, that's really what human experiences are about we've got a new dimension and we have chosen to play but for the first several years we must learn how to operate the body how to interact with one another how to communicate how this world works by gravity and law of attraction and all of those other magical aspects but we don't yet have the consciousness to understand what we're Mm -hmm. experiencing and thereby we start putting layers on ourselves of misunderstandings of the world around us so We already are working sort of from a faulty premise when we start interacting with each other and looking at the personality is because we're trying to make sense of what they are showing us in the physicality of our world. So their Mm -hmm. voice, what they said, how they said it, their actions, why they just did that over there that just Mm -hmm. unnerved me. You know, it's (laughs) we are looking at our environment and the people and our interactions with the environment and the people and we're making or forming our ideas about what it all means so that we know where we fit, so that we understand who we are in context to it. 
so that we can know how to navigate. So what we begin to do is we begin to rely on that external environment to make these decisions for ourselves instead of just, and that's the, that's the use of the personality or the ego. And it's not wrong, but there's a time and a place for that part of us. The part mm-hmm. that you and I are speaking of is the intuitive part that is the consciousness that is aware of its experiences. So now you are in your mm-hmm. observer space. And you are watching your experience and you're making deliberate and intentional choices. And now you can see the person in front of you is behaving and choosing his or her choices, whether it's by default and reaction or because they are deliberately choosing it. They're still doing it. It's still decisions, whether they're aware of the decision or not. How they behave and what they express themselves to be is all about their beliefs of who they are and what this world is. So I don't have to take it personally. I can look at them yeah. and say, ah, you're telling me a lot of data about yourself right now. Wow, yeah. I see your limitations, and I see how hard you're fighting for those limitations and those, those problems, and I see your pain and your suffering because of it. And now I yeah. can show up, and I can be not my personality in response to it, but now I get to be my soul yeah. in response to that. And now I have something different to contribute. Now what I contribute is going to be a choice that I've made deliberately, and I'm going to do my very best in each moment to choose to be love. And and that is not my ego. I don't need anybody to know I did that. I want to do that because it feels good. Yeah, and it's in alignment with who you who you desire who you are, and who you desire to be more of. Correct. And that that? is my choice, yes, and that is my choice of how I'm showing up in the moment to choose how I show I am in this world. And that's what the difference is between personality and soul. Personality gets lost in the external life that we're living, and it Mm -hmm. forgets that it's a soul that gets to create it. It forgets that it is. In other words, we're operating from that forgetfulness. And that's why mindfulness becomes such a big part. (laughs) Yeah. That's why mindfulness is now the topic of the day in our society. Everybody's practicing mindfulness. Yeah, and and there's kind of another piece in here, like I think it's just it's included, it's a part of, and that's I know I went through my version of, and and I still do. Like there's this this uh, what does it come? I, I think it springs from like the willingness to be in my awareness that not every person is going to, nor will they desire to, choose kindness. Like people on this planet, there are people who are going to choose unkindness. And I don't have to know why they're choosing that. Like I don't, you know. it's. But I know that I got tripped up with, wait a minute, I, I see this beautiful being and I just ended up on my backside, right? You know, like yeah, yeah. And, so and so a little bit about that too, because that's I yeah. think that's kind of a piece of our of our learning process, or you know, our learning curve, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. How, how have you been you. with that? Thank you. Well, and that's a good part of what you were asking me to elaborate on for sure, because <laughs> I know that my personal experiences of it. Like, I'll give you a real-life example. I bought a car, and Mm -hmm. I paid cash for it. It was my second paid-for-in-cash car from personal Mm -hmm. private sales. 
And Mm -hmm. I had a good experience the first time. And I thought, boy, I love not having a car payment. I'm a single mom. I have two boys I'm raising. I love not having a car payment. So I chose Mm -hmm. to buy again from a private seller. I did what I thought was my due diligence. And I thought I did a good job. And I went into the situation fully trusting that I was being guided and fully trusting the person that was, you know, on the other end Mm -hmm. and thinking that they Mm -hmm. were being truthful and honest about their, their car. And come to find out, the story they told me, of course, was that they had been the only owner. It had never been in an accident. And that they just needed a new car because they didn't like the two doors. They wanted a four-door. And it was a two-door Honda Accord Sport Coupe. Okay? So it was a cute Mm -hmm. little car, and it was fun, and it was practical, and I could buy it for $9,000. And it was a great deal. Okay? Had Mm -hmm. low mileage and everything. And I was really excited about it. Oh, I could drive a cute little sports car. Okay. I buy that car, and... I asked her before I bought the car, I walked around it, inspected it. I thought I was doing everything right. And I asked her a direct question. I said, you know, this paint right here looks kind of funny on the fender. It looks like it might have been replaced or painted. Was there an accident of any type? And she responded with a very offended energy, like, what? Oh boy. how dare you question me? You know, it was that really affronted, sort of offended mm-hmm. response. And when she did... She said, I wouldn't lie to you about that. I told you there have been no accidents. I work for the sheriff's department. As if that's a testament to her honesty, right? right? (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, well, now this is all kind of weird. And my initial reaction was to not offend somebody. I don't want to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. And her reaction was so volatile that I backed off. And that was my Mm -hmm. critical error. My intuition knew better. But I was trying to be kind to her the person I was interacting with. So I was mindfully retracting my assertion. And then I do the transaction. I go home. I open up the title, and it is a salvaged title. She (sighs) sold me a car that when I traced all the way back, I discovered that not only had they not been the original owner, they hadn't even owned it but for a couple of months. They bought it from an auction as a salvaged vehicle, and they taped glued and spray painted it back together again and sold it to me hoping that they could get away with it and let me tell you it cost me a lot of money to go through that experience but I will say this in light of our subject matter here and bringing my point Mm -hmm. here I had expected and anticipated that those people were going to be as honest and truthful and easy to work with as I am and just would do the right thing. And so I marched over there, and I landed on their doorstep, and I banged on that door, and I opened, he opened the door, and I confronted him. And I said, sir, I understand that we may have had a miscommunication, but I am here to correct it, and I would like my money back. <laughs> and he, of course, did the same sort of tactic, and he right. slammed the door in my face and proceeded to yell from the other side of the door that he was going to call the police on me. And oh I said, God. I would yeah. like you to call the police because I will explain to the police that what you did. And then that shut him up and he wouldn't answer me anymore. And I left and uh-huh. I never got resolution. And I was stuck with oh. a salvaged car and I learned a very valuable lesson. And uh-huh. that was, you're right, Keisha. Not everybody is going to mirror where we are in our processes of human evolution. Not everybody is here to live a clean, energetic life. Some people are going to play mm-hmm. the dark roles for us because we need the contrast because this world is built mm-hmm. on duality. So mm-hmm. I don't expect them to all do it, but sometimes I forget that I'm going to have an experience like that. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> the best I can offer our listeners 
is that when we find ourselves in a moment like that, my best option that I have found works for me is I choose in that moment to recognize that perhaps God used me to Mm -hmm. stop a situation or to bring about an awareness to someone who was harming others by their intentions or their lack of. And Mm -hmm. I see myself then as a bridging component in people's experiences because if God used me to go bang on that guy's door and make him a little bit nervous, Okay. Now here's the other Mm -hmm. step I took. Changed the energy. I I went. Yeah, it changes the energy. And then he might not have ever gone back to an auction. He might not have ever sold another car under that kind of a scam. Maybe I saved somebody's life because of it. We don't know. And Mm -hmm. so I am saying that's my best advice to our listeners is please just stop for a moment and say, I don't need to worry about what they're doing or what karmic pattern they're creating or how it might reap something negative. I need to just be my best version, and I need to see that maybe I'm being used for something bigger as a part of the whole thing and not worry Mm. so much about retribution or vengeance or equality or fairness or right and wrongness. Because when we get caught up in those places, then we are no different than they are. That is a slippery slope, yes. Yes. I love that. And I I can... Something that I observe about you and have witnessed with you, um, and I I can say I have had my experiences of, it's like we get to these points where when when we're willing to make that shift that you're, like you were just talking about, into having our sight and really mm-hmm. allowing it to work for us, I mm-hmm. feel like that is the one that's kind of the a, a really super honoring of us. It's also an honoring of the other people involved. When when we can be yes. able to look at that person, see what we see, notice what we notice, intuit what we intuit, you know, whatever phrase you want to use there, when we're willing to be that and not be swayed by what they're actually choosing, even if it doesn't, quote, unquote, line up with or match what, you know, right. the, what we can perceive of them, it's so much more freedom for us to, to make choices that support us. I feel like that is like one of the highest honorings we can offer ourselves and the, yes. the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. cool. And, yes. <laughs> I know. I know. There's so much there, and I know we're coming up close to a break. I know that. Well, I don't want to get into another part of it, but <gasps> yes, it's so good. Yeah. So and, juicy, and so I let's, let's let people just kind of marinate in this. You know, um, whether it makes cognitive sense or not, it's not really the point. It's it's more about just this energy because this is something that is totally possible for us. And and so if you are, as a listener, just perceiving something here, just trust it and let it kind of permeate into your world a little more in whatever way it can work for you. There's there's juiciness in this. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe take a breath as we take this break. And 
Um, I want to make sure we let people know how they can play with you when we come back before we jump into the rest of our conversation today and how they can play more with you. So, um, yeah, thank you for this. And thank you, everyone who is listening, for your part in this as well. It is all about our evolutionary journey. These conversations really are to, to be inviting us, you, everyone to choosing into more of who they truly are and all that they came here to be and play with and create. And on that note, you are listening to Aligning Divine. We're having a great time with today's conversation about becoming seers of souls with the beautiful Cheryl Andrea. We're here on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back after this break. Within each of us, there is a spark of the essence that gives rise to all that is in the universe. Are you ready to let it light up your life? Tune in to Aligning Divine Radio Show with Soul and Body Coach Keisha Clark for fresh perspectives and powerful tools to be aligning with your divine essence and living it every day. Join us for Aligning Divine Radio Show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Aligning Divine Radio Show with soul and body coach Keisha Clark. To bring your question on the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also email your questions or comments to Keisha at KeishaClark.live. Now back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back and forward to today's last segment of Aligning Divine here on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Keisha Clark and I am so excited and grateful and hugely appreciating this conversation. It's a part of our Resolve to Evolve series. We're talking about becoming seers of souls with Cheryl Andrea. And I want to share, uh, how can people play with you before we dive back into this conversation, Cheryl? Um, and yeah, if you have something you. on the burner for people to play with, please let them know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if anyone feels so inclined and connected uh, or in connecting with me, uh, they can do so by visiting my website, probably the easiest, because they have scheduling options. And when I am teaching classes, which currently I've taken a little tiny hiatus, um, when I'm teaching classes, there is a page for classes and workshops. I do area events in the local Dallas area. Um, some of those are gallery reading events at wineries and things of that nature. But all of that is usually posted somewhere on my website when I'm doing them. Um, and sessions, Yay. of course, in my calendar and all of that. And then social media, I'm on Facebook as Cheryl mm -hmm. Andrea and Instagram as Cheryl Andrea. <laughs> so it's pretty easy <laughs> to find me. Um, and Yay. I love to connect with others. So please, if yes. I can be of service, if I can help, if I can support you in any way, Yes, please reach out and let me know. Awesome. And uh, 
the easy way to find her website link is if you just scroll down on this podcast page. It's in the information just in case you're driving or anything like that. So it's super easy. We yes. try to make it as easy as possible for everyone. Um, CherylAndrea.com in case you're listening and you want to just go right there and, and type it in. So um, you also, one of your ventures, not only are you the current owner-producer of one of the largest psychic fairs in existence ever for the longest running and the longest running, mm-hmm. um, you've also been playing on this beautiful radio show called The Soulful Family. And um, yes. where can people, uh, if, if they love the way you, you have conversations, where can they find your uh, your library? It's on YouTube, is it not? You have a YouTube channel. Yes, yes, I do awesome. have a YouTube channel um, under cool. Cheryl Andrea again. And, awesome. <laughs> and you'll see the last, you'll see about nine months of shows that I've transferred over there you can also visit on ui media but the youtube channel keeps us really directly communicating and it's of ease for people just go directly to my website or youtube or facebook pages yeah but the soulful family is a wonderful delightful project that i've spent time doing thank you for mentioning it it's um been a real lovely project of talking about us as humanity being a family not just the immediate family but the mm-hmm. family of humanity. And so I've been able to play with some fantastic guests. Um, mm-hmm. I interviewed yeah. back in December, Neil Donald Walsh. I've interviewed Tony Burroughs. Um, he does the intention mm-hmm. code and has affected the li- lives of millions of people. And I've, I've had mm-hmm. some really wonderful guests. So if people are wanting to connect with yeah, yeah some inspiring people, um, I would encourage them to go to YouTube and see what shows I have up there. Definitely. So, yeah, Soulful Family's yeah. been fun. And I love that because it, it also connects with what we're talking about today it, it, because I hear you talking about it on your shows too, is, you know, as souls, as, when we're talking about tapping into and fostering that uh, in ourselves and in others, you know, it, it brings a new... Uh, world of possibilities, really, a new expansion of possibilities to us as a family, as a nuclear family, not only the the family of humanity, but also as nuclear families. Um, You know, I know you and I have had conversations about you have recognized certain members of your family from, you know, you've you've become aware of other connections in different lifetimes with them. You've recognized those energy signatures. And and I feel like that's a new place we can go as well when we're choosing to be the seers. We're choosing to acknowledge that in our own nuclear family as well. Has that has that been something you're playing with with your clients as well? Yes. Actually, that's a really good point, Keisha, because we're really <laughs> talking about it, or at least in my mind, we're talking about how it is that we are more than what we physically can perceive. We are, Mm -hmm. the world that we live in actually has a whole other aspect to it that we are learning to perceive because it's not Mm -hmm. your physical sensory uh, system that can pick up on it. And so having experiences that you're referencing where other family members maybe know them from former lifetimes, like I have um, a son who was my grandfather um, in this lifetime. So he's been grandfather, mm-hmm. he's been my guide, and now he's my son who's just turned 18. Well, <laughs> there's that familiarity of that soul, and now you're working at a different level because now you're actually, it's almost like you take care of two or three lifetimes in one lifetime. 
because there is this familiarity with that other soul and you're like completing something together because this is like go round three, you know? And, and so there's just something (laughs) really beautiful and delicious about that. But, but I also want to say something about the extended family and how it's kind of blurring lines because of that Mm -hmm. concept that we just explored of the other side and this side, which side is, you know, grandpa John was here on this side. Then he passes, he goes to the other side, then he comes back as my son, mm-hmm. he's on this side again. So he's gone back and forth and I've been aware of it. Okay. Now mm-hmm. you take that idea. That's one, one, one aspect yeah. of the multiple sides of things. Now you come into relating to the humans only. And I look at my nucleus uh-huh. or my nuclear family, not as just my mom, dad, sister, and brother, or yeah. my husband, my kids and me. I see my mm-hmm. family as all of humanity on this side and all of those who have crossed onto the other side that are now not in form anymore, they're still part right. of our family because we're soul consciousness. And so what happens yeah. is when you start seeing soul consciousness around you, you're not looking so much at the personality and you're not having such reactions to everybody, but now you can yeah. love everybody. So the example of that in my childhood was my, my parents divorced and our neighbor down the road, which was our nearest neighbor, was who she fell in love with and married. Well, he and his wife divorced. And so here's Paul and Rose, and here's my mom and dad, and Paul and Rose divorced, and mom and dad divorced, and now mom and Paul get together, and now mom and Paul build a house right next door to Rose. Okay, so now we're growing up with our stepfather, who was our neighbor, whose ex-wife lives next uh-huh. door to us, who's mom's best friend now. Okay, so now does yeah. that seem a little weird? That seems a little Jerry <laughs> Very right? different. But... But but here's what happens from that. The beauty of it is, is that my parents demonstrated that you don't have to let the human experience cover up or limit or restrict in any way, shape, or form love. You see, really? they just let what mattered matter. And yeah. if Rose and Paul didn't yeah. belong together anymore, and Paul was happy with Gloria, Rose was happy for Gloria and Paul. And that exactly. was what I was shown as a child. And this is something that we yes. don't see very often. And that's why I said my childhood was very, very important to how I now live in the sense mm-hmm. that I don't see some of those labels and some of those boundary lines that prevent us from having love of each other. And and yes. just one other thing yes. I want to point out, because I, I just gave quite a mouthful there. Um, I want to say one other thing about this, because I think that in any interaction – and maybe we could explore this a little, any interaction between two people, there is a dynamic and an exchange happening or we wouldn't even be experiencing it together. Mm -hmm. And that exchange Mm -hmm. is either from love or from fear. Now, two people can show Mm -hmm. up both being a vibration of love or two people can both be Mm -hmm. showing up with fear or one of each. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. I ask us, and our listeners to consider, how am I showing up? This is what I do each day. How am I showing up in this exchange yeah. with this person? Are they calling for love because they're in fear? And can I respond to that by being love? Or am mm-hmm. I going to mirror their call for love and I have a need and now I'm afraid I'm not going to get my need met, so I have to be louder or be more aggressive <laughs> or, or more assertive. Yeah. See? Yeah, so I do. So it's either ever a call yep. for love or it's an answer to of love. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I love, too. Myself that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that is a fantastic question for like a starting of the day question. And even when you, gosh, when you go into any meeting, you know, like take a second, mm-hmm. take a breath and mm-hmm. just like bring that question into your heart space of am I here to love? Show me how I can be loving in this space. Show me how I can be the energy of loving and kindness. Um, however, you might want to phrase that for yourself, of course. It's a free choice universe. So, And I love, too, that like when we get down to the essence of it or get to the essence of it, it's not really up or down, but when we really fine-tune into this, part of what is so exciting to me is that it's, it's about just what you were talking about. It's about how do we in, – in, where are we meeting each other and how mm-hmm. we choose to engage and – as seers, I, I, th- I get that a lot of us can be really resistant to that notion um, because it can be a popular point of view that you know you can easily get yourself hurt or you can cause it causes more problems than it helps. So I'm just gonna like go along with the more conventional thing here, and I'm not gonna really acknowledge mm-hmm. that part of me. And yet we know that that creates train wrecks for those of us who came here to to really be that authentically open of us, right? So I love that it doesn't have to be a, a, a big ordeal. It can actually be when we're choosing to have our sight, that actually gives us more freedom to make the choices that can really work for us and the other person involved. Uh, or people involved. Yeah. And and I yeah. I love that you invite us to that. You are one of the people that I see inviting us to that. I love all that we have so many leaders and thought uh inspirers and new vision inspirers who are inviting us to that. So I just want to thank you, Cheryl, for who you are in this world and who you are in my life and for coming to play mm. today on the show and that I just letting me share you with the world. <laughs> And um, we're at about, we're under a minute. So any parting words? (laughs) Just simply that I am so grateful to have this human experience with all of you who are listening for my experiences and love of you, Keisha, in my life. Delightful to have a girlfriend um, of the caliber Mm -hmm. of our relationship. Really appreciate that. So I, I just say in closing, I am just full of gratitude and love for where we are in our world, and I appreciate all those who are showing up to play. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Beautiful. And on that, thank you, everyone. And how much more can you be willing to see this week? Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Aligning Divine. <laughs> thank you for listening to thank Aligning you, everyone. Divine Radio Show. Keisha Clark has more to thank share you. next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. And for now, she is cheering you on to create an awesome week of lighting.